Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan and with me is Luke. Luke. Oh, hello friends. <laughs> How are you Luke. doing? It kind of occurred to me, we, you know, you're able to, you know, listeners, you're able to listen to this on Wednesday, but we record on what is arguably the worst day of the entire week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Getting into it. I mean, we keep up the energy for you, but obviously is Tuesday's the worst, isn't it? I can Tuesdays. see that. Tuesday's I bad. I mean, I think a lot of people would argue Monday would be the worst. Like Monday's bad, but you're just getting going. Monday and, blues. And then Tuesday happens. And you're like, still? And how... And how much do I have left? Oh, God. But Monday, it's like you have it all left. You have it all left, but you have, like, weekend energy built up. <laughs> right? If you had a good weekend, I guess. If you had a good weekend, yeah. If you're out you fooling around, maybe you don't Dragging have. yourself to work, regretting right. your weekend and the upcoming work week. Right. <laughs> Things are just terrible. <laughs> it's always Tuesday where I'm just like this sucks i'm ready to, to go home i work from home but i'm ready to but go I, home. I get to look forward to talking to you jordan so it makes yeah. it all better our blessed assurances uh, <laughs> this podcast at the end of the day at day's end and you got to enjoy a fine pie last night oh man that was good all of us we had a nice pizza party party is that what we should say a pizza party absolutely like we're at school and chuck e cheese pizza party the chuck e cheese pizza party Except better pizza <laughs> i'd imagine I know, i've never had chuck e cheese pizza have you i i have but it's been so long my i think my our friends like our family friends that like my parents knew you know their parents i think he had one in orlando and we went down there Hmm. But that was many moons and suns ago. Many pizza pies ago. You've had much better and much worse since then, probably. I'd imagine. Maybe. Um, I went to Chuck E. Cheese once, um, but I did not have the pizza there. didn't have the pizza? I did not have the pizza. What else could you have had? I don't know if I had anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not eating. Yeah, I made a point point of it. Where's the mouse? Yeah, I went up to the counter. I said, I'll have the him. cheese, please. And then they... I'll have the Chuck E. Cheese, please. That's a pizza. I want cheese. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot of... We it's, do. It's E3, not E3. It's been a again. good week. Yeah. news. We're not digging for... <laughs> digging through garbage just to no, talk about... Slightly less stinky garbage. And I've watched a, a couple things. Not, oh, not wow. Really big, but a couple things that are actually new and starting some new series. Wow. So look forward to that. <laughs> How exciting. Um, well, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it then. Luke, what have you been watching slash playing slash listening to? Slash listening to... Uh, this is one that I think we both are passionate about. Oh. <laughs> so 
So Manchester Orchestra, which is, I think, jointly one of one of our favorite bands, did a cover of Table for Glasses, which is one of my favorite songs by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Jordan is slowly <laughs> lowering his beverage. He said, wait, what? <laughs> you hadn't heard of this? Heard. I have not oh heard of God. this. I texted Andrew. I'm like, Manchester Orchestra covering Table for Glasses? Um, yes. My... God. He said, "I know, it's awesome. I know it's it's. I mean, it's right up there with Jimmy World's best songs, wouldn't you say?" I love Table for Glasses. Yeah, I love that whole it's, album. It's always yeah. hard to say what is a band's best song because that's so subjective. Yeah, but it's it's definitely up there. This is, it's got to be top five for most big Jimmy Eat World fans. Love it. Love that yeah. whole album. Clarity's amazing, and that song is insanely good. They have so many good albums. Jimmy Eat World's one of those bands that that didn't miss. Yeah, often. pure as the driven snow. Jimmy Eat World. I haven't <laughs> listened to a lot of this stuff. I'm seeing all this stuff that they've come out, and I I feel bad. I well, fell off know. the Jimmy Eat World bandwagon a while ago. Not that I don't love them, I just stopped paying attention to them. It's hard. I have a lot to listen to. Holy smoke! Come out with an album a day, basically. It's crazy. Chasing this light was kind of the last time I was like really just feeding off everything they were putting out. Nom 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 nom. Yeah, definitely same. But man, there's so many good things. There's only been Clarity Sessions. Yeah, I saw the imagining that. Imagining of Clarity. That's I need awesome. To, I need to listen to that. And futures. Man, so much good stuff. So yeah, geez. Yeah, I'm glad All this right. came out just for the pure reason to be like, Luke, you need to go back and listen to this stuff. What's Jimmy World doing? Oh my God, <laughs> they're doing it all. <laughs> they're still they're 9.2 million monthly listeners. Jeez, good for them. Good for them. They're such a early 2000s band that I'm glad to see them. They still have some steam left in them. Mm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were pioneers in the uh, the yeah. emo indie rock anthem creators. Yeah, indeed. You've been listening to anything, Jordan? Um, been listening to this song. This little song called uh, "Table for Glasses." <laughs> it's being covered by this band. I think we both like them. It's called Manchester Orchestra. Oh my God! What? <laughs> no, soon to listen to. Hold you know, the phone, the beeper, <laughs> hold it all. Um, I okay. So I did the lawn on a uh, on Saturday. It was awful. It's hot as can be. It was I, so hot today. God, got yeah, you, like you experience it on a daily basis. It was crazy today. Jeez. In days. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, during my misery, as I was fighting with this stupid electric edger that we have, which is just the devil. <laughs> it's the devil. Um, I'm having to, like, constantly lean over and, like, tighten the blade because it'll, like, come mm. loose and, like, stop oh. spinning. And I'm just, like, constantly. <laughs> Should invest in some thread lock. Yeah, I need to get real serious because I, is, sure. I don't know what even thread lock <laughs> is i need to invest in something serious send me some links <laughs> god but anyways Sounds um awful. 
through my misery and I was just, uh, uh, I was listening to like the most contradictory like music I could possibly listen to as I was doing that. Um, this, this guy, Amber actually, uh, he, uh, she, uh, she let me know about this stuff. Um, Justin, I'm oh, sorry, Jake Nata is his name is not big, not at all. Really? I mean, he hasn't had an album in a long time, but I realize I've never brought him up on this podcast, and he's pretty good. Give him his uh, album, uh, For These Hands. It's just it's very uh, pleasant, is what I would say. Very pleasant music. It's just, you know... How do you spell it? it Jake is traditional. Nata is N-A-U-T-A. Yeah. Yeah, I got it right. Um, oh, wow. But so, which song was it? Uh, just the album from these hands. Oh, okay. It's it's good. It's I was like you know, I don't see that song in the top song. It's like the you know it, it's like a kind of I don't even know what to call it. Just kind of like pop folk acoustic it's Christian very small. stuff. Yeah, very small. I, I don't even know how Amber found cool. out about this, but it's good. It's really good. It, it maybe cheered me up a little bit as I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many runners. They're coming up on the freaking curb. Yeah. So. So yeah. <laughs> what have you been watching slash playing this week? He sounds good. I'm listening to him. It's very nice. Yeah, I'll have to listen more. Um, Bethany has started going back to the Mindy Project, so I've been watching some of that with her. That's. It's not a show I like. Really listen, watch, listen to, watched. <laughs> Back when it was on TV, it was like 2012, 2017. That was the run they did. Um, but Bethany was pretty into it back then. and So just one of those things where she just decided to jump back in. And so <clears throat> I'm Is getting to going? see. No, 2017. Oh, when geez. It ended. Okay. Um, so I'm getting to see a lot more than I ever did of that show. And it's good. I mean, it's so much in the vein of the other NBC comedies and and NBC comedies that have come after it. Um, and there's a lot of people from like the office parks and rec that make appearances in that show as either smaller parts or even bigger parts later. Um, but yeah, solid show, you know, just funny, good cast. You know, I think as we talked about before, like during this writer strike and now this actor strike, which we never got to talk about last week, which we really should have. Oh, the, the updates. The actors are actually striking as well now. So, <laughs> This whole yeah. thing's become crazy. It's when huge. do the podcasters start striking? Yeah, I know. I'm ready. <laughs> I'll start making my signs now. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, shows like this, it, it just it feels like it comes down so much to the writers in cases like this. And I, I think it just reemphasizes what how important these people are. As much as like we like to say, oh, yeah, they're, you know, Mindy's so great in it. And Ed Meeks, Chris Messina, like these guys are great in it. And they are. I mean, you know, it's nothing against them, but movie shows like they really if if these people don't have like good things written down on the page, there's just nothing for them to do. Right. You know, like it doesn't really matter how good an actor is. I, I thoroughly believe that if you have a crap script, you're going to have a crap product at the end. It's just simple as that. And I think uh, I think, you know, Mindy has a lot to do with with everything that went on, you know, I think she was a big producer and creator of this show. Um, so I think a lot of props go to her individually. Um, I'm looking at, yeah. So she had 117 writing credits. Dang. Um, 
Okay, 25 episodes actually written, created. She was 117. So the whole show, she's the creator. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot of writers credited in here, but she's the top one. And, you know, it, I think it's just a testament to how how talented she is, both both behind the scenes and in front of the screen. You know, yeah. she's, she's just a, a great personality. Um, I don't know. She's kind of haven't, haven't gotten to see her as much recently. I think it's a shame. She's a she's a great actress, but that yeah, show, yeah, I think you know the biggest thing, biggest takeaway I have from watching it recently is just how great the writing is and just clever. You know, it's not it's not like it's a blow your socks off. It's some amazing thing, but that's not it's not the point of it. You know, the point is to make you laugh and to have fun each week, each episode, and I think it does a great job of that. So cool, like New Girl, just a good and... show, good show to go back to. Cool. Yeah. Um, so there's a new show on Peacock, Peacock original called Based on a True Story that we were being advertised to when we were watching something else. I don't even remember what. But uh, the the immediate takeaway in those little trailer teaser things was, is this the flight attendant? Because it looks so much <laughs> like it. It's like it's about murder and uh, Kaylee uh, Kuoko. I, I never know how to pronounce her last name very well, but... Um, you know, she is, she looks so much like her character in the flight attendant. Like, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how many ways she could look differently. I mean, she is who she is. She's just in both shows. She plays what feels like a very real version of herself kind of, mm. but just in a situation that's like kind of extreme. And, uh, in this case, it just with the murder, it's just that show, flight attendant followed like the murder mystery thing, like so closely. And so the, the you know thousand foot view of this show is that it's Kaylee Kyoko and Chris Messina from the Mindy Project, um, and I think that was probably partially why Bethany maybe you know had connected the th- the two things because of that. But uh, he plays one of the doctor partners of Mindy Kaling in the Mindy Project. Um, anyways, Kaylee and Chris are married in the show, and they going through a rough patch, having some money problems, and then they. Uh, kind of hard because i don't want to spoil anything but there's there's murdering that's going on adjacent (laughs) to their lives and so they start a podcast about it and i think that's a good good place to leave it i I could give more detail but it's better to kind of watch it play out in the show but it's fun it's good i i i'm I'm enjoying it it's it's something i i enjoy episode to episode and uh i'm interested to see where it goes there's enough mystery there it's very much it is very much in the same vein and i could even see if it wasn't a peacock project, which makes it impossible, but I could even see it being in the same universe as um, the flight attendant. <laughs> just I feel like just peacock based on is, the world they're creating. They're, uh, I feel like they're uh, stepping forward a little bit uh, f- amongst the a lot of the yeah. uh, rabble of uh, yeah. streaming services. I think they are uh, so far from what I've seen. I do have peacock. They're, they're doing a good job bringing uh, shows and movies yeah. over. Yeah, and they have a lot of good... Yeah, I've been surprised how many movies they've, they've gotten quickly, you know, yeah. out of theaters, and I guess they probably just own the rights for the production of them, so it makes sense that they right. would come. Um, All these I universal know exactly movies. who owns what. There's so much... So much stuff that's made by these different studios. It's like, wait, so you guys are... You guys own Columbia, or you own Paramount? It's like, it's so confusing. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's fun. Um... Oh, it says she was actually pregnant while filming. Oh, 
she had it written into the show for her character. That's cool. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend this show definitely. Um, I think the entire show came out, so it's like a full eight episode drop. Oh, yeah. Okay, drop drop it like all at it. once. Yeah. Right. So it's not like week to week. Uh, let me confirm. Yep, yep. June eighth. So just came out. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, one other thing. The Reluctant Traveler is a show that came out a while back, um, earlier this year, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, back in February. Um, <clears throat> it was really just starring one person, and that is Eugene Levy. And he travels around the world to different countries and has experiences that stretch his boundaries, basically. And he kind of talks in the intro to the show that just, like, he kind of doesn't like doing anything out of his comfort zone ever. And so they basically just made a show where he has to. Huh. <laughs> he has to do all these things that he doesn't want to do. And he reluctantly does it, just like the title says. So it's fun. I like Eugene Levy. He's got a yeah. unique style to him. And uh, he's just a, I don't know. It's it, It's hard to relate how to describe him exactly is kind of hard to pin down but uh if you've seen eugene levy you know eugene levy he's he's he 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 has this comedy that kind of just oozes from his pores almost unintentionally a little bit like ben stiller in a very different way from ben stiller but in the same way like i feel like so many times ben stiller isn't even trying to be funny and yet he is funny Right, and Eugene, even in this show, even though it's not a comedy show, it's just like reality. Here I am, like in the first episode, he's in Finland. Here I am in Finland, and just his reactions, just kind of the way he acts, it just it makes me laugh. So he plays the straight man through most of his career, and he yeah, has, it, like Ben Stiller, yeah. like some like, often Ben Stiller will sometimes play the straight man. He has a way of just like giving a look and reacting yeah. to something, and it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> It's even funny, like, th- th- both of them kind of do this thing where, like, they're the straight man, but sometimes they're doing the ridiculous thing, yeah. but in the straight man role, which is always right. funny. Like, Ben Stiller in, like, we were just watching uh, Meet the Fockers and Meet the Parents and all that, <laughs> and it's just it's just great. <laughs> As things, like, ramp up, they transform and become more and more yeah. ridiculous. Uh, basically like their insanity <laughs> over the situation it's like they can't take it anymore he's like he's still trying to be the reasonable person but at the same time it's just right. the situation gets so ridiculous yeah it's great so <laughs> yeah that's has nothing to do with eugene levy but uh, <laughs> yeah this shows this show's good i i enjoyed it i think um where's that streaming apple apple, apple plus okay. um reminds me a little bit of uh the gordon ramsay uh cooking show but uh, obviously minus the cooking and uh this is more i mean he does a little bit of cooking i guess but it's really just based on like this is a place i'm in i'm doing the things that these people do every day and it's super uncomfortable for me and i he seems like it sounds like from what he was saying like he's not someone who really travels or or goes anywhere he has a whole like spiel about it at the beginning of the show but I don't know. It's a good. It's a good, good concept. There's a lot of these kind of coming out. Uh, Limitless with uh, um, Chris Hemsworth. Right? Chris Hemsworth. I almost said Chris Pine. Um, <laughs> kind of in a similar vein. Some of the Discovery stuff. It's on uh, Disney Plus. Does this kind of thing. Sometimes they'll throw sharks in there. Or something weird. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. 
good. It's fun. Cool. Go, Jordan. Go. Um, we'll go through them uh, least important to, you know, more important in my eyes. Um, so, you know, we've been wa- re-watching a lot of things. Amber and I, you know, we'll purchase these movies and rewatch them. Uh, so I rewatched Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. It's amazing. Still, it's so good. Um, rewatched Super Mario Brothers movie. As uh, Amber fell asleep through like the last third of that movie, and so we <laughs> needed to rewatch it. And we're slowly watching uh, Avatar: Way of Water. It's on Disney Plus, so we're watching it in parts. Um, but other than that, other than the mo- all movies I've spoken about on this podcast already, um, <laughs> we watched a. Uh, a movie that's probably one of my biggest guilty pleasure. I say guilty and not, I don't feel guilty, but I know it's a bad movie. I know it is. I don't care. I love this freaking movie. Um, it's called Malibu's most wanted. Yeah. You never apologize for that, Jordan. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious. Um, this movie, I'm not sure how much of this would fly (laughs) in today's society, but you know, you can watch it on Tubi. Um, it's, Okay, so if you don't know, this movie's quite old, so I, I feel like I might need to explain the synopsis. Um, like, uh, Jamie Kennedy is this kid who's raised rich, born, you know, born rich, super rich, raised in Malibu, you know, kid of rich, rich parents, but he's like, he wants to be like a gangster rapper. Um, and uh, yeah, needless to say, it's humiliating and embarrassing. It's Jamie Kennedy playing this role, so you could only imagine. And so his father, who's a politician who is embarrassed of him, creates a plot for uh, two actors to pretend they're from the hood to kidnap him and take him on a like hood experience to like scare him into acting like just a normal white dude. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's that. The movie is... I don't even know what to say. It's just, I think, like, it, it, I don't, I'm not even that big a fan of Jamie Kennedy. I think he's mostly bad, like, in most of the stuff. I don't know if I'm just doing that all off of Son of the Mask and how bad that movie is and some of his <laughs> other performances, but, geez Louise, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. He makes me laugh in this movie. I think he's funny here. Um, a lot of the other performers are really funny in this. Freaking uh, Tay Diggs and uh anthony anderson regina hall they're all super funny in this i I don't know if you're the thing is it's like because i watched this movie when it came out i'm curious how it would play through the eyes of someone who's never seen it before watching it today and so i'm very curious if uh if one of you guys uh watch this on tubi for free how this movie would play. I'm really curious <laughs> to see, uh, if you can make it through the whole thing. But regardless, it's freaking funny, to me at least. Um, next up, I uh, went to the theater and uh, checked out Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, yeah, I liked it. I don't, I don't really know how much I have to say about this. I'll talk, you know, a little bit about Transformers. I think, like, you know, the first three, one and three specifically, two, I don't remember, I haven't seen two in a long time, but I remember just not really liking two, but actually liking three, and, you know, I liked one. Um, But after that, Age of Extinction and The Last Night are just terrible. Like, 
awful, awful movies, in my opinion, that, like, sitting through them, I just, like, I couldn't believe how bad they got. Like, I remember thinking, like, oh, man, Shy is gone. It's a new protagonist. It's time for, for a new thing. No, those are real. Those are the worst ones. Like, Age of Extinction's bad. Last night's even worse. It, it's just from poop to poop. I mean, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Um, but Bumblebee came out, you know, and I, you know, you think a Bumble- Bumblebee, you know, a, a prequel. Oh no. But <laughs> you know, something I did not, I was not aware of one uh, that this is based in the eighties and it is a reboot. It is like, this is something that's very understated. Uh, and they didn't like when this came out, it wasn't like put out there as this, it was, um, it, I think everyone was like, Oh yeah, it's a, it's a prequel. No, this is a reboot of the franchise. Bumblebee was good. Uh, um, I enjoyed Bumblebee. I thought that um, the human stuff was definitely the best it's ever been. Uh, with Bumblebee, Haley Steinfeld was really great in that movie. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to say great, but she's really good in that movie. Uh, she definitely worked in the story. Just worked. And uh, this is the follow-up to that, technically. I mean, the, Haley Steinfeld is not here. Um, it, this is more, uh, a Transformers movie. So we have, um, a new, uh, human protagonist. I, oh, I need, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to forget his name. Anthony, um, Anthony Ramos, um, who I know from, uh, um, Hamilton and, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, freaking, in the, uh, in the Heights. In the Heights, yeah. Yeah. And he's going to be in, um, Ironheart, Marvel TV show coming out relatively soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a follow-up to that, but it is more of a, you know, standard Transformers movie as far as its plot is concerned. Um, Michael Bay is not directing. He didn't direct, uh, Bumblebee either. Um, this is based in the nineties. So I don't know if they're doing the X-Men like first class thing where each one's a new decade. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it just kind of. It worked on a very base level, uh, where I feel like uh, a lot of these other Michael Bay ones, there's a lot of just what what's going on, what are you doing, that's vulgar, you know, and, and like baffling choices in a lot of those. Like some of them have really like incredible spectacle to it. Like like there's one in the third one where there's like this like vortex you know, Decepticon going through buildings and people are falling out the side. There's a people like paragliding. It's insane. These I feel like are in, in a way a little bit more stripped down. I think the only reason being for that is this is more like the, the animated series. So it feels like in every Michael Bay one, they're tearing through a highway. They're tearing through a city in almost every single one, where in the show, of course, they didn't do that because they didn't want kids thinking about, you know, the casualties and everything going on with that. And so most of these, like, they took, they were robots in disguise. So they weren't, like, known to all. And most of their battles took place in, like, uh, the wilderness, jungles, open fields, and stuff like that where they hid out. They weren't chilling in, like, New York all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or Chicago, for that matter. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's like what differentiates this from Bayformers? You know, it, it's there's the characters 
make a lot more sense. You know, they're the the writing I think is better. Like Optimus Prime, for instance. We had like five movies with him, the Bayformers, and he had nothing to do. Absolutely nothing. What it only thing he the would do Bayformers. Yeah. He Optimus would show up, he'd make a speech, and then like Sam or whoever would get into trouble and then Optimus would show up out of nowhere every now and then. Um and then he'd make a speech in the end and Lincoln Park would play. But, you know, in this, like, he has something to do. He actually has character development in this movie where he has to learn things and learn how to become a better leader and trust humans and, and stuff like that. It's, it's not bad. And uh, Pete Davidson voices one of the uh, the Autobots. is probably, probably one of the main ones, you know. It's like Bumblebee's hmm. in this, but... Mirage, who Pete Davidson's um, Autobot is, he's the one who has the more tight-knit relationship with Anthony Ramos, almost mm-hmm. like Bumblebee would with uh, Sam Witwicky and the old ones. And he's good. Like, Pete Davidson, he's good in this. Like, he's funny. He delivers his lines with, like, he's not... I don't feel like he's making fun of the characters that he, character that he's playing either. And so, I don't know. Like, it all... It all um, to me, it all like evened out to where I'm like, this is a good movie. Like, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I enjoyed it. I was, um, and I will say the end action scene, I thought was awesome. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, this is awesome. Does it have like, again, people flying through buildings and all? It, it no, but it's just as epic. Um, but like the the big difference is like like a lot of times with those Transformers ones, there'll be a Decepticon just coming out of nowhere and then he'll carry it, uh, one of the Autobots away and you're like, oh, where did he go? I don't know. And then he'll just show up later and it's hard to really keep track of where everyone is and what's going on, but I don't yeah. have that problem with this. I do feel like it's a cohesive battle, a cohesive action scene where I feel what the stakes are and where each character is. It, it, it's just better. I don't know. And uh, They're leading towards some stuff uh, for future movies, uh, they've got plans, and I'm honestly I'm down. Like they revealed things at the end where I was like, "Oh, we're doing that." Okay, you know what? Now's the time. I'm down. And so yeah, I I do recommend this one. If if like for instance you feel burnt out on Transformers or like let down, um, I feel like this is nice. Like this is this is this is fun. I I, I it's I don't know. Check it out if you want. Um, <laughs> lastly. Um, I'm not going to go too far into this. I think what we're going to um, do is Adam and I are going to do a separate podcast on this, just talking about this. But I beat Legends of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom um, over the weekend, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was at a point where I was like, okay, um, did I do every single thing? Absolutely not. But I didn't want to before beating the game. I'm not the kind of person where I have to do every single thing before beating the game. I feel like... There's a certain point where if I fool around too much or do like power up myself too much and just do every single little thing and then beat the game, I almost feel like the I'm I'm stretching the believability of the story and the stakes of everything that's going on if I'm like doing every small little thing. So there was a point where I'm like, this feels natural for me. I, and I did play for a long time. Don't get me wrong. I, I was over 100 hours by the time I beat the game. Um, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll, what I'll say is I'm, I am darn impressed. Like 
as far as the ending was concerned, Breath of the Wild is amazing. Again, up until this game, it, I'll, I, I've had the opinion that it's you know the best game of all time. That being said, I thought the ending was kind of meh of Breath of the Wild. Um, I thought it was. Uh, I, th- I thought it felt rushed. I thought it felt anticlimactic. I thought it felt like, oh, all this is leading up to that. Okay, all right. Well, that was a good game. That was a great game. You know what I mean? Regardless of whatever the ending was. But I feel like, man, they just. <laughs> they. I, I don't know if they took criticism or whatever they did, but they. They they did such a good job with the, the ending of this because like. There, there's, I don't know, like, they, they've done this thing where it's, like, I don't want, I really don't want to give away anything from the ending. Not that it's, like, crazy as far as, like, story stuff, but the experience of doing it is something you need to, to experience for yourself. So, I don't want to, like, tell you the things that you're going to feel before you feel them um, while you uh, progress through the ending. But it's more of a, it's more of a thing, you know, it's like going to the ending of this game. It's very much like in the, in breath of the wild, you do these four major dungeons and do these four major story things and then go to the ending and fight Ganon and it's over this one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on. You do a bunch of stuff around, you do the four things, you do the, the, the temples and then, Oh, there's more to do. There's build up to the confrontation. There's a bunch of stuff and then getting to them. Like there was this thing where you could really just with Ganon, like if you knew where in in a uh, Breath of the Wild, if you knew where he was, you could basically just like if you did it right, you could just fly <laughs> straight to him. You could just go straight to him, and okay, here we go. No, this yeah. one's like this journey into hell, which what kind of it is, just to say that, and it's it it, it has a mood, and it's crazy, and it and it's epic, and yeah, it's it's a great capper to this amazing game. Um, I'll talk way more about it, but super happy about it. It's going to be that game. Now is it going to be a game that I kind of go back, pick at and play casually, do some shrines, do some quests here and there and just kind of be like, wow, what a good game. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like my main game experience has been just amazing with that game. And now, um, my schedule's clear and the next game coming out uh, Final Fantasy 16 in like a week and a half. No, yeah, week and a half at this point. And so, uh, yeah, good stuff. But uh, games is what we're here to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> we got a few. Glad you enjoyed it. I mean, it's been a big buildup. So. Big buildup, man. I I don't know what in the world they're gonna do next. I think like I said that after Breath of the Wild, but now I really don't know. Here's it, now I really don't know. It's like I I yeah. feel like they've I can't believe like just I I really couldn't see them coming back and doing another version right. of this. I mean, they kind of right. got to go in a whole new direction. I completely agree. I, don't I think know. the fans would be upset if they did, honestly. Yeah, because you've Hyrule has been expanded to the point where it's like I don't know how they can expand it further because like going all the way up into the sky and into the depths, yeah. it's yeah. like this is a thorough, thorough world where you feel like you have explored it so thoroughly. I, I don't know what else they could add. Yeah. But anywho. E three not E three. Take two. Yeah, I missed the Summer Games Fest, so I've been going through and just making sure I <laughs> know what's going on here. There's yeah, a lot. there's a lot that was uh, 
that was announced that I didn't, I hadn't realized. Even in like some of the other podcasts I was listening to about them, they didn't even address a lot of this stuff. Yeah, there was a so lot. I've watched a lot of teasers now to get up to date. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could uh, go through summer's game, summer, summer's games fast. Okay, summer game fast. Um, and just kind of talk a, bit, a little bit about what they showed there. Uh, I feel like uh, this showing by them, Jeff Keighley at Summer Game Fest, probably his best one as far as uh, what was it's gotten shown. huge. Yeah, it's gotten big. see the absence of E3. Yeah. Yeah, man. I really feel it. It's nice to have, like... He 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 did the thing where you know you were on the stage because a lot of summer game fest as he's done it you know kind of started up during like COVID times and so he wasn't like on a big stage and so he kind of went back to that yeah. being in a yeah. live stage with a live audience and so it's nice to kind of have that yeah. E three something presentation. I thought that Apple was really missing in their presentation right it felt so canned just being like at least from the live stream version of it and then. From the videos I saw from what they were there, apparently they got ushered in. They sat down in these beautiful chairs out on outside lawn and watched this video. And then it was like, okay, come this way to see the products we just announced. Yeah, weird. I don't know. I mean, it's it's well produced, but I think you really need a presenter. I really think you need somebody there like talking about it. I mean, yeah. games have historically always been like presenter here's a video and then say something for a little bit and then here's another video and tech has been a lot of for a long time it's been a lot of and here it is you know you remember right. like the iphone like the iconic like steve jobs holding it up and then like showing like a a screen mirrored version of what you do on the phone itself and i don't know for tech i think it works better but for games it's like Ah, there's just some excitement you get out of like, especially being there for sure. But yeah, like, at least for us, you know, many fans who only get to stream things like E3 and Gamescom and you know Tokyo Game Show, there is something about seeing people there, and even if there's like celebrity there, like sometimes it's goofy, but there's an excitement to it. It's it adds. Hmm? I mean, you kind of already said it, but it just it does add something. I really think it does, and I think a lot of companies feel like they just don't need to do that and I, I hate to see that right no I agree I feel like I hype is a good thing go in that direction too far agreed but uh, Summer's game, Summer Game Fest I mean what are some things that like really popped out to you during this presentation that caught your eye if any <laughs> I've been there was... going through this for a long time it's insane how much there is here Yeah, it was just game after game after game it's crazy for like two hours. Yeah, I I, I still I haven't gotten to the bottom of the list. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, for uh. me, there were a lot of things that, you know, it's one of those things where I think everything was like kind of balanced properly. But that being said, there were a lot of things that like I personally kind of just you know glazed over as it was happening here and there. Just a lot of things that yeah. you know. I'm Fortnite Wilds reveals Transformers yeah, crossover. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there was a lot of like Hollywood stuff there happening. You know, the, the, the twisted metal um, teaser oh. stuff like that, and Witcher three, and you know, uh, Nick Cage 
being in death yeah. by day, uh, daylight or, you know, whatever. And uh, stuff like that. I would kind of like be like, okay, okay. You know, not really paying much attention. It was kind of just on when I was at work. It was kind of like that vibe. It wasn't like what we're and talking about And then there's a later. lot of smaller games as well that it's like, oh, that's cool. And then there's those games that it's just like we're just not interested in that kind of gameplay. Right, like uh, for instance, a Toxic Commando looked cool, but that's not my thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was one I was looking at. I was like, "This looks so cool." Don't know if I'll play this. Right, right. You know, yeah. it does look cool. Um, I, I would say a big one is we finally got a release date for Spider-Man too. Yeah, big one for sure. It's, uh, it's a weird thing to me that <laughs> it's such a weird thing with these like. Oh, there's an Xbox show. Who's going to announce what there, especially in the third party world? And and then there's, you know, this Summer's Games Fest, E3, not E3. And then there's Sony's State of Play that was, what, like three, four weeks ago now? It's so weird to me that they're like one of their, well, their big exclusive for this year, really, Spider Man 2. They gave that a launch, that, you know, release date thing to the Summer's Games Fest. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, it's it's fine. It doesn't really make a big yeah. difference. It's just weird to me that they didn't have it on their stage when they, like, talked about all this gameplay and showed this Venom showed stuff. Showed the Venom and, stuff, yeah. You know, there's just a lot of big reveals at the Sony thing, and then just at the end, like, okay, when's it coming out? <laughs> right. I, well, I think the... Uh... You'll find out later. <laughs> I think the decision-making uh, is different for each studio. Like, for Sony... You know they're they're super big, so them they were like, okay, we already showed the gameplay, we've hyped people up for this game, and so we're gonna spread that out because there's gonna be a lot of people watching Summer Game Fest, and then you know more even you know maybe even a different audience will see some of that, and then then they'll give some new information. Whereas like something like uh, Ubisoft, which we'll talk about later, it's like maybe they're like, okay, um, this. This conference has a bigger audience than the Ubisoft Forward, for instance. So maybe we'll let them show it there first. I don't know. I, I, I can't yeah. really. I don't say, know that but, it really makes any difference, really. But right, it's just interesting. Um, something I was um, interested in uh, was uh, Sonic Superstars. I like Sonic, and uh, it's. A, I didn't. I know anything about this. It's one of those where I'm like, oh, you know, I had no idea this was coming, and you know, which is not usually the case for a lot of Sonic games. A lot of times there's, you know, talk about them before it actually happens, leaks, yep. whatever the case may be. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's like a, that 2D, 3D kind of thing. Um, it, they've done this before back in the day. with uh, They did Sonic the Hedgehog 4, which a lot of people didn't like, um, with that, you know, 2D you know platforming, but you know, obviously 3D art style. But uh, this looks interesting. A lot of... Uh, I don't. I don't really know how it's going to play and uh, what uh, the levels are going to be like, but it looks fun. Looks like it's going to be exactly like the first two Sonics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it comes to like these levels, for me, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that looks a lot like Sonic Two, Sonic Three uh, yeah. for me. And so, but I, I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to see more, and uh, but it looks fun. Uh, hopefully, it it plays well, and yeah, I don't know. Um, another big one I think for sorry, Alan Wake, at least from what I've watched so far, is just the most like stunning. Looks really it's just good. beautiful. Graphics are just insane. Um, it seems like it's really falling into that Resident Evil vein. Uh, 
um, in gameplay and I have such a love-hate relationship with Resident Evil. Yeah. I, I think they look so cool and I think they're so interesting, but I just don't want to... I don't. I don't want to play these super scary things, and I think Alan Wake's going to be less of that. But uh, but it definitely seems like it's leaning a, a lot more into horror and less in into thriller. Where I think Alan Wake was more of a thriller game. Um, mm-hmm. But it looks cool. It looks really cool. I think it's a it's a great reimagining of a game that's now thirteen years old. Yeah, I want to play it. Reimagining, but. <laughs> A reimagining of the gameplay after so long for a sequel, I guess is what I mean. It does seem like a long time since Alan Wake won. That was a 360 game, right? And so yeah. it's like it skipped an entire generation before getting a yep. sequel. Had a DLC crossover with uh, Control, but that's as much as we got. There's not many 13-year-old games that are getting sequels. No, not really. From the same team, too, as far as yeah. I know. Just amazing. Um, what did you think about Moria? Return to Moria, the Lord of the Rings game. No. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with a lot of these Lord of the Rings games. Like, why? I don't know why they're they look like these half efforts that they are, and they're like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, do they just not know what to do anymore? Like, you know, after they had uh, uh, what freak? What's that? Uh. The last franchise they had, you know, not the shoot, whatever. But, you know, they had one big franchise in the last generation and it was um, really well received and really, really well liked. And it's uh, like Mordor. Um, yeah, Mordor. Yeah. yeah. Shadow of War and Shadow of War. And yeah. Shadow, uh, Mordor. Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. It, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know if they just have, they don't have the right developers, but I just love that world. I, did you see that article that IGN posted about how the people who bought, oh, was it Embracer Group, said they're going to turn Lord of the Rings into the, they want to turn it into one of the biggest gaming franchises ever? Hmm. I don't think this uh, Return to Moria is part of that, but yeah, I would hope not. I guess that means they're going to put <laughs> a lot of money into it. I think is what it means in the hopes that it will return a lot of money. Okay, so these games are coming. It's just weird to see these like dinky kind of games you know released but. seems like it's a game like this is weird to me because it feels like it's aimed at a younger audience and yet it's a game that doesn't visually at least it doesn't look like it's made for a younger audience but gameplay like it, it it's described as a survival crafting adventure to me that sounds like that's like something somebody in the age maybe of like 12 to 18 might be into right something like that like younger people i mean there's nothing wrong with that i like i like crafting i like um strategy games a lot that's like a big thing if i ever play a game on my phone it's going to be a strategy i don't mind building you know i like sims and that kind of simulator kind of games where you're building like forts and cities those kind of things um and this seems like it has notes of that but uh I don't really want that on my console, I guess. I think I want, if, I, if I'm going to do a game like that, I want it to be a simple concept, something like tower defense, you know, that kind of strategy thing where have it on my phone, sit down for five minutes and play something like that. Um, but when I'm in front of my console, like I just want a more premium experience, 
you know, w- with my time that I spend there, I have, I've paid $500. Like I don't want to play a tower defense on my main console. I want to be blown away cinematically. I want to have some crazy adventure. You know, I want some very intriguing gameplay. And if anything short of that to me is just, I'm wasting my time on my console. I'd rather just be like laying in bed on my phone doing that. Right. I don't know. That's just where my mind goes. And this, this kind of falls in that category where it's like, this would be really cool on my phone. But I'm not going to yeah. buy even $50, $60. I'm not going to pay that, much less 70 No, I won't download it on Game Pass, honestly. I mean, that's sad. I'm being very cruel to this game. I'm sure people tried on it. But I don't know. It, and it, is it fair to say that with certain franchises or certain expectations that come with it, I have nothing against crafting survival games. There's a lot of those games I actually do like. But it's like, how would you feel yeah. if there was like, oh, it's Indiana Jones and the Great Rhythm Adventure, and it's like a freaking rhythm game. You yeah. know what I mean? I like rhythm games, but really? Is that yeah. what I'm looking and, for? And we the love the Lord of the Rings. We've gone on and on. Yeah, it's an love- amazing world that has so much potential and it's kind of like Star Wars, where for the longest time it felt like the Star Wars universe hadn't been pushed enough with games. Now, now <laughs> there's been yeah. so many attempts and there's so many more coming. But Lord of the Rings, I think, is in that place of like 1998, where it's like, where are all the Star Wars games? This this movie came out in the 70s. Right. Like, where are all the Star Wars games? Um, but here we are sitting in 2023, and the Lord of the Rings is... 20 years old now and it's like where are all the lord of the rings games there's been some good ones yeah but overall you know especially coming off of this this previous one <laughs> it's oh, Gollum, tough yeah. it's yeah Gollum. it's just tough so yeah i yeah i want more i was excited to see that there was a lord of the rings coming but i i agree i mean it's not that like it looks terrible it's just not what i'm looking for really right. um I was like, well, talk a second about Mortal Kombat 1. Um, yeah. So many of these games, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, fall in this category for me where I'm not a big fighting game guy, but mm-hmm. at least from the outside, these games seem very samey from year to year. They look fun. They look good. I feel like it's giving fighting fans what they want, but from the outside, I'll just say it just looks like... Yep, there's another Mortal Kombat. Right, I definitely understand that perspective. Um, it's like when you to be like a fighting game person and to like engage with the 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 small changes because admittedly so it's like there it's a fighting game with that really does have like incremental changes when it comes to it. Um, it it's interesting to say because like. Street Fighter uh, 6 and Mortal Kombat 1 are both games I, I, I want. Uh, they're both games I want, but uh, Mortal Kombat 1 is drawing my attention a little bit more. Um, just because, like, NetherRealm has put these games out and the polish has been so good and the story has been so good and just, like, they're they're so generous as far as, like, what they provide as far as a fighting game is concerned. And from what I hear, Street Fighter 6 is that, too. But um, with Mortal Kombat 1, it, it, I'll... I'll tell you like what the small changes are <laughs> with uh from 11 to 1 they're doing a weird thing here that is very um I would say uh <laughs> ambitious for them to say oh we're doing this Mortal Kombat 1 thing because the, and within the story it's not a reboot they're doing this like 
kind of how Star Trek did an in-canon reboot, where it's like the the events of Mortal Kombat 11. Honestly, the events of Mortal Kombat 11's DLC story is what led us here, um, which I did play all of that and really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get that. I get what you're saying, you know, as far as like, if you not being a fighter, like seeing this being, like, this is freaking same. But for me, I'm like, Oh my God, they're adding like some tag team elements in it, where it's not tag team. It's like, you have these cameo characters that can like pop in and like continue a combo or like do a finisher with you to kind of like mix up the, uh, some of the combos and, and ways you play the game. Um, but like visually, I think it looks really good. Um, it's coming out this year. They do this all the time. I think another realms, when they release these games, there's usually not this giant wait for them. Like once they're announced, it's one of those things where it's like, it's coming out within the year that it's announced almost guaranteed, uh, which I've always commended them for, uh, whether it's, you know, Mortal Kombat 11 or, Injustice 2 when it was coming. So um, I, I'm looking forward to that, uh, this one a lot. But but yeah, it, there's so much coming out. I'm, I'm not I'm just not sure what it would, <laughs> you know, when I'm going to play it. You know what I mean? Like it's coming out in September. It's like a month before yep. other games we're going to talk about. And, you know, it, there's so much coming out. September is a big month. And that very month, another big game's coming out, and then the very next month, another big Lies game. Liza P. Liza P. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It is 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 stacking up to be a very packed year, I think. And I think <laughs> there's no sign of this stopping. Yeah. By the way, Starfield, Starfield, and Liza P. That's that's September. those are going to be two big ones. Right. Um. We need to move on to that, I think, to to Xbox. But uh, they did show uh, the one more thing was uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It was definitely the biggest look at this game that we've had. I, I you know, it, it's one of those things for me uh, with these Final Fantasy games. I, I don't, I don't know how much I care to see. You know, it's like with Final Fantasy sixteen. There's a demo out. I, I already know I'm gonna buy the game. It, it just, <laughs> I don't need to see more. I don't need to play more. I, I'm already sold. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's you know, most people are. I'm not mad at them for releasing this. A lot of people love watching these trailers for these games. Um, but I, I, I personally don't need to see any more. I'm good. I'm, I'll get it when it comes out in early early uh, 2024, um, which I think it got pushed a little bit. I think it was supposed to be initially holiday of this year, but that's good. Uh, they don't need to be releasing two Final Fantasy, big giant Final Fantasy games in the same year. They don't need to be doing that. Even if it's pushed a little bit, I'm happy for the space, honestly. Um, Two discs. They they made a big deal about saying two discs. Like, even on their Twitter, they were like, two discs, you know, (laughs) as if it was like a point of pride. I I think it's them saying the game is so big that it needs to be in two discs, you know, which I get it. I mean, like, I'm going to get this digitally, so it's not going to matter anyways, but... (laughs) <laughs> giant download giant giant download holy crap it better make space for it when it does happen but you know from what i understand the point in final fantasy 7 that we're in is the the game opens up and becomes a lot more open as far as like the explorable world and yeah so it's gonna be a much bigger game than the first one but yeah 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 definitely exciting um 
it's a, I'm not going to rewatch it. There's a lot of people talking about it and things happen. I don't want to know. I, I just don't, it's one of those things where I'm like, I really don't want to know. I'm just looking forward to it. Um, shall we? Xbox? Xbox Showcase. Luke, bef- before before we get into this, I, I like talk about it. I do want to get your overall thoughts on the Showcase. Just kind of writ large of like kind of what you thought of the games that were announced. The problem is I came in super late, so mm-hmm. I probably only saw the last like 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. And then I got to watch all the Starfield Direct, which really was just a already in the can video that they just played. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I've watched most of these trailers and everything post hoc, so it's kind of hard for me to to judge. Um, overall, I mean, I, I like the the amount of information, and um, you know, I think there's some things IGN's kind of gone over what they missed, and I I do feel like those projects were missed, and I I'm sad to see that we didn't get updates for them. But I think what was there was was good. I was I was glad to see it. Um, there's a few things that I kind of, I don't know, kind of head scratch about. I, I'll talk about them at the end. But, yeah, overall, thought it was great. I, I'm glad to see. There's some things that it's just like, you know, we finally, like Fable. I'm so glad that there was a big update to that. Um, let's see, Avowed, you know. It's good to see that there was a big trailer for that. Um, I think the Dune crossover with Flight Simulator is really cool. It's so good to see a Hellblade 2 update. You know, there's things, just stuff like that. It's like, okay, it's about freaking time. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of things are being overshadowed at this moment by Starfield. So I think in a way that probably held the showcase back from maybe having some of those other projects and maybe some bigger updates for some of these things they did talk to. Um, but overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad they put out the amount of information they did yeah i mean we'll we'll get into what was revealed and everything that they said but for me um i you know i thought this was far and away uh the best showcase of e3 not e3 for sure like like easily like it was better than the summer game fest and better than the sony showcase um by a good deal actually i think i think xbox really needed this as far as far as like uh people kind of looking at their system and being like yeah i'm glad i have this like as i definitely had that feeling like when i was watching this like being like i'm glad i have series s you know what i mean i'm glad i have game pass um, because you know, there's a lot here. I'm sorry to me. interrupt. I was just thinking about this earlier today because I was listening to another podcast where people were saying similar thing to what you're kind of saying right now. Um, and I'm not saying I disagree, but I think the frustrating for, thing for me specifically as an Xbox fan has been that we've had this conversation before and you've said this kind of thing before and, I, and I've agreed with you. But I think I'm kind of frustrated at this point because... We go from the conversation we had several weeks ago about the you know Redfall having a bad release and these other games aren't coming out. When are they coming out? Or we haven't had updates. Where are these major games? And then they have these good shows, and they show all this stuff, and we just don't. I haven't had a pay payoff, you know. Yeah. From from these good shows, I think I think Xbox does a good show, but. I want to see the rubber hit the road. Uh, Like these games come out, right? Yeah. Well, I'm also, I want these games to come out and be well reviewed and to be hits. 
Right. And we haven't had enough of those. Um, And it's like you said, it's good to hear people like you say, I'm glad that I have an Xbox. I've always been a fan. I, I'm a fan of the controller. That's one of the biggest things that keeps me there. (laughs) Um, but I, I want there to be, I want there to be something like Spider-Man. I want there to be something there. And I, and I think Starfield could easily be much even bigger than that. I think it could be a Skyrim to where eventually it's, you can play it on your refrigerator. I hope it's something like that, but you know, we just, we're sitting in a place now where I think there's still a lot of question marks. I think Starfield, you know, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but I do think it's in a place now where it's like, okay, this game could have come out in the fall. We pretty much know that this game's great, but, the, but a lot of the other projects I think are very much up in the air. And I think we'll talk about that more later, but I, I know I interrupted you, but I just wanted no, to kind of say that it's like, that's kind of part of my frustration. I just, I don't want to do this whole song and dance where you say, wow, that was a great show. And then, you know, a year from now, it's like, what happened? Because if you remember last year, they came out with the show and said, you know, all these games will be out within 12 months. A lot of that didn't end up coming true. No. And some of those games You're right, weren't very right. good when they came out, like Redfall. Yeah. And it's just, I, I'm not going to rehash it again, but it's frustrating when that happens. Well, let's talk about some of these games. The ones that the one that I think, as you know, you put up in the air. One of the biggest ones that is still up in the air is the first time we got an update on this game in a long time is Fable. I mean, we still don't have a release date. We didn't get like an in-depth gameplay showing. It was more still kind of a, a tone piece in a way. Right, just kind of showing off their British humor. Yeah, off well, the there's aesthetics. also the big reveal at the end there where it's like, okay, I guess you're going to be playing as a tiny character inside of this larger normal world. Is that is that going to be part of it, or is that going to be like one mission fighting this giant, or is that going to be like a, a lot of it? You think? That's the question. I don't know. Yeah, i i would I would guess from what they were saying on the Xbox show that I listened to that I think that's going to be how it's going to be. Interesting. And okay. it's going to be an interesting take on. And you know, I think that I'm less worried about Fable. Uh, I'm more worried about some of these other projects because Playground Games are so good. They are really good, aren't they? <laughs> they just, they've done such a good job with horizon mm-hmm. and it's amazing how they've pushed the boundaries of what a car game can be and how much fun people can have inside of a car game that I think, you know, once you take kind of quote unquote, the training wheels of, you know, only being able to use cars as your playable character and you move it into a fable world, which is for a long time been you know, a very sandboxy kind of game where you kind of choose your own adventure sort of idea where there's all these missions, you know, kind of a Skyrim, but in this very fantastical, silly world. Um, so I think it's a it's it's a perfect fit, really, for the way Playground makes their games. And they're also British, which is cool <laughs> because Lionhead was a very British studio that made Fable. Yeah. And it's going to be crazy just seeing, like, because like we've seen their tech and their visual fidelity in the yeah. uh, horizon. And now yeah. we're going to see it in a freaking action RPG game, mm-hmm. which is, uh, that sounds insane. And I mean, like the thing is, I think like a lot of this game, like I think a lot of people were like, this is a fully CG trailer. 
Um, maybe a lot of it, but I think a lot of that was in-engine gameplay, and it just looks insane. Like I, I think there was a lot of it there, which will be kind of what you should expect for what. There's no reason for me to believe it's not, knowing what they do with with Horizon, with Forza Horizon. So the head of, I think it's marketing at Xbox, put out a tweet before the showcase and said that the showcase will feature all in-game stuff. Jeez, okay. From well. the, from at least, I guess, their studios. I You know, that's not a good quote. It's not word for word from what he said. But the idea was that we're not going to do, basically they're pointing a finger at Sony and saying we're not going to do what Sony was doing. And yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot less CGI and it's going to be... Our stuff's going to be in engine. That's what they said. So, okay, I I hope he's right. It's 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 almost kind of hard to believe if he is because it did look very good. I thought. Oh yeah, it looked amazing. Like, like excellent. Um, so they opened with that strong opening. I mean, they had, I think the whole like they showed three games out of the box, and I thought that was all. They were all pretty strong. South of Midnight. I don't know what's going on in that game, but it looks cool. The whole like claymation stop motion kind of aesthetics, neat. I don't know what's happening other than that. And uh Yeah, so that's from the guys that brought us um Wow. I started my sentence and couldn't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> it's the the guys who did the uh We Happy Few. We Happy Few. So this okay. is a new project from the studio that brought you We Happy Few. All right. Great. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you said it in this trailer, you know, it it doesn't show much. It's just kind of like, no. okay, this is what it's going to look like. And, yeah, and it does look engine. very We Happy Few looking. Um, but, yeah, based in the South, this girl's fighting monsters. <laughs> right. That's as far as I can kind of tell from that. Um, the Star Wars cool Outlaws. Sorry, I didn't mean to move on too quickly. No, that was just it. Just, it just it looks like a cool idea. We'll, we'll see how it, what the gameplay is, right? That's always the big thing. Of course. Games like that. Like, what's it gonna play like? Yeah, yeah. Outlaws. I, I I'm so excited. It looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> it looks fantastic. I'm just so glad to see a Star Wars game like this. Um, I love the idea of following the outlaws as like the main protagonist, antagonist, whatever <laughs> combination yeah. of that that's happening. Um, because I think of Star Wars as kind of an outlaws world. Mm. If, if you think about it, it's kind of from the perspective that Lucas has always put us in from story to story. There's, you know, there's the Empire and there's the the Congress or, you know, whatever <laughs> form of government is trying to stand up against the Empire. And then there's there's the rebellion. Um, and you always are kind of from the rebellion. You know, that's kind of where you that's what it feels like to me as an audience member. It's like that's where I would want to be. That would be my place in this world. And yeah. Uh, I think it's so cool to be in that in this game and and playing from that perspective. And yeah, I just I love this trailer. <laughs> I'm so it looks excited. It's so good. Yeah. It's so it's so beautiful and it just embodies what what I want from Star Wars and what makes me love Star Wars. Yeah, they're killing I think a lot of Star games, Wars fans. So. Will feel the same way. Yeah, very excited. Um, there's a few the uh, three thirty three immortals. That's you know, that, it looks interesting. I mean, it, the 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 idea of kind of doing a game like that, which is kind of like Hades in that way, but with all these characters, very similar art style yeah. too. Yeah, um, sounds fun. 
um, Game Pass game. It was a game I'll check out. You know, it's one of those things I will download and I'll check out when yeah. it comes out for sure. Um, which, you know, it, it's interesting to note which games are on Game Pass and which ones aren't. Most of these are Game Pass Day 1 games. Is this um, from the same guys that did Hades? I don't think so. Um, I remember they said who... I, I, I forgot what the the team who's doing uh, 33 Immortals worked on before. I plumb forgot. Fair. Oh, Spiritfarer. Okay. Spiritfarer, that's Spit right. Fair? What am I saying? Spiritfarer developed. Welcome to the Spitfair. 33 Immortals. That makes sense. I, yeah. I see the uh, similarity in art style with uh, Spiritfarer. Right. Payday 3. Thunder it's a game. Lotus is the Canadian developer. What's the Thunder Lotus? Thunder Lotus, Canadians. Yep. It's a dope name. Uh, Payday 3 is a game that I thought was already out. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones that's been plagued by. Uh, by delays right and i think i think you've said before this is like a very a british thing <laughs> like i guess this 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 franchise is is big in the uk or something oh is it i, I, don't I heard know. from someone that that was true but okay all right know. yeah it's such a weird it's almost like they took grand theft auto and like just turned it into a bank heist game right let's just do the highest portions yeah. you know hey if you got buddies and yeah, you're into that. I can see the draw to it. Yeah, me too. Kind of like let's make heat into a video game. Right. All right, it's baby. <laughs> Persona. Yeah, right. a bunch of Persona stuff. Yeah, man. Um, the, so a lot of this was leaked. A lot of this was known information. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what's going on at Sega Atlas, but yeah, they like the the trailer straight up leaked like someone just posted on Instagram on accident it was obviously supposed to be revealed here like obviously but either way um super cool um this uh remake of you know yeah this I'll say remake of uh, th- uh Persona 3 looks great i definitely excited to play that day one in game pass um Persona 5 Tactica i mean I- i'm I mean, I'm interested, but I'm not like. I'm more like, all right, we'll see how this goes. I mean, it's like Persona Five spinoff with a chibi art style, doing the uh, strategy RPG. Um, you know, all a, mm-hmm. you know, a Fire Emblem or you know, XCOM or whatever. Um, you know, looks fine. Um, looks actually looks really good. But as far as like the uh, the game itself, I don't know. I'll probably play it a little bit. It'll be on Game Pass, so who am I kidding? Yeah. Um, but awesome that, yeah, they're getting a lot of this. They're, they're really proud, obviously, of this uh, Sega Atlas relationship they have here. And it's good. It's a really good thing. It yeah. draws a lot of people like me who... It's a good get for them. Yeah, they need these, uh, these Japanese RPGs on their yeah. console. I mean, like, I don't know what's going on with Sony and, like, Square, but, like... Um, but yeah, for them to partner with Sagalis, that's a big one. That's a big one. That's yeah. definitely a, a giant space within the JRPG realm. And so, great. The fact that Final Fantasy is not coming to Xbox is is a big deal. So yeah, they need something. Right. They they really do. And you know, glad to see um, their relationship with with Atlas. That it's uh, it's good. I hope a lot of people uh, give these games a shot. Um, Avowed. I'm excited. I I like what I saw. I've heard complaining about it, but uh, I'm I'm excited. It's it's exactly what I was hoping it would be. It feels like 
Elder Scrolls five and a half, and <laughs> that's what I wanted from it. Yeah, hide I mean, us over until that game right. comes out in fifteen years. If, as they say, if it's like it's Outer Worlds with this aesthetic, doing these things, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I I've liked a lot of obsidian things. So, a spidian. Yeah. Obsidian. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I make, that's coming out next year. They did put a, a year at least on yeah. this one, so we can uh, hopefully expect that next year. Um, sea of Thieves. It's just another uh, partnership. Which, you know, this is cool. If you're if you got Sea of Thieves and you're well, you got Sea of Thieves. If you're playing Sea of Thieves and you've been plugged into it, there's I think a lot they've been doing a lot of cool stuff with that. I just you know. didn't play Monkey Island when I was younger. I I, no. <laughs> I heard uh, no. uh, what's his name from uh, IGN just going on and on about how excited he was for this, and I I'm sure I would be the same way. It's it's a cool idea. They're going to do like a single player story inside of the Sea of Thieves world for fans of uh, Monkey Island, and that sounds awesome. If you're a fan of the Monkey Island, I'm not, and so I. I have no relationship to that, but that is a really cool idea. Yeah, I didn't play point-and-click adventure games when I was a kid, and I don't really play them now. So, <laughs> uh, Flight Sim, it's a sequel, right? Uh, the 2024 version. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Is it a sequel or just kind of an updated version of it? It's hard to say. I, I don't really know how these games work. Like as far as like what their structure is on their releases, I mean, do they? Is it a completely new thing? I mean, it looks very similar as far as like um, everything else, except it looks like they've added all these jobs that you can do, like rescuing people from the edge of a volcano or whatever. And uh, um, really cool. Which is a good. That's a good thing. I mean, like yeah. to bring someone in to do something more than just take off and and fly there and land. When and just you know enjoy the stellar visuals, it's cool to be like here's like other objectives you can do. <laughs> yeah, and it makes me think like what else could they be going in that direction? That's it is cool when you create something that's such a cool world. It then frees you up to say, okay, well we've done that part of it. Now we can build out more things of it without having to worry about since our foundation is so strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how the evolution of this goes. This is a this is a fun idea. I like the idea of just being able to go to these amazing places that you may not be able to actually visit in real life, and you get to do something like with some actual gameplay. That's that's a cool combination. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the Dune partnership. Uh, I'm I'm curious about this, you know, because obviously you get to fly the thing from Dune. I I really don't think so, but is that supposed to be like you're able to like fly around Arrakis a little bit, or is it like okay, that's just something another desert area on our actually Earth? That's a good question. That That'd would be, be really cool if they'd actually done that. That would be that'd be amazing. Right. Because, you know, it would be cool if, like, they could, like, take locations like that and be like, okay, we're going to create this large area you can fly around. Maybe every now and then you'll see a, uh, you know, a, a spice miner or a sandworm. Yeah, sandworm, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. 
That's neat. The dragonfly craft? What is that even called? <laughs> I don't know. The, the buzzer. The buzzer, yeah. yeah. Get in the buzzer, quick. <laughs> that was Get the movie. to the buzzer. Get to the buzzer. Yeah. Um, Sinua Saga Hellblade 2. We haven't seen this one since the Xbox Series X oh was announced. Gosh. I know. And at first we were like, is that going to come out with the new Xbox? Ah. Oh, you fools. You fools. You, you young thought. fools. You thought. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Here we are a few years later. <laughs> This is a game where, like, the gameplay was not really my thing, personally. Yeah. But, man, it's just... I I, I stand in awe of how it... The first one looked really good. This one looks insane. Um, I think this is an Unreal 5 project. I oh, think. is it? I think it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited just to see how it looks. I almost want to just play it just for the visuals yeah it's a, it is kind of an experience game you know like experiencing the story and the creepy yeah. whispers and, and all yeah. that stuff it really is unnerving when you play it but like uh yeah uh, i will criticize this a little bit i did think that this was a weird part to show you know it's like the first thing they showed of this game was like this insane battle with a troll and you're like holy crap and this is her just kind of like crawling through a cave and there's like a lot of that whisper and growly dialogue it looks insane as far as like the visual detail here but it was kind of a strange moment to show off at their showcase this game's coming out next year and so i don't know uh maybe they don't want to show too much i don't know yeah. But the game looks real good. I'm watching it now. I actually hadn't gotten to watch it yet. Yeah, it's just like her having a, you know, inner dialogue within yeah. within a cave and you know, there's a lot of warbly effects of the cave. It looks really cool. Um but I I don't know. It it, it yeah. looks great. You think you'd have like her climbing a mountain or something and looking or out over something. incredible yeah, place. encountering some creature. Yeah. Instead of her being in a cave. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about this. I think actually we were talking about before we recorded. Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth is the sequel to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I need to finish that game, so I don't know how uh, he ends up in America. But um, a little funny Austin Powers jokes here. but The game, honestly, uh, when I played it, it was just too goofy. I, goofy. You know, I went back and played... Uh, was it the, uh, I think the one that's actually called Like a Dragon? Yeah. yeah it's what the, was the name of it before they retitled it to Like a Dragon? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the only one I know that Yakuza. Was, Yakuza, Yakuza, like, Yakuza a dragon. like a Dragon, yeah. 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 So when the one that was called Yakuza Like a Dragon came out and it was on Game Pass, I, I played it for a while and I was like, this is so goofy, I just... Yeah, it's, I can't even with this game. It's just the strange Japanese thing of switching between really quickly at breakneck pace between things that are extremely actually dramatic, and then things that are just so out there. Um, yeah, I was enjoying it when I was playing it, but one thing you do have to do in these games there are a lot of very very long cutscenes. It is very much like set the controller down 
and enjoy and watch the watch the story and if you're not enjoying the story then i don't know what to yeah, tell you man that's because my nightmare <laughs> i don't like to watch cutscenes. yeah the, there's a lot of not just a lot of cutscenes. there's a lot of very very long cutscenes. um absolutely in, not i'm i know out of those so quick <laughs> yeah there's a lot um oh shoot i lost my uh place but uh path of the goddess or path of yeah, Path of the Goddess, uh, Kanitsu Gami. Um, this is a Capcom uh, deal, and uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything about this, and so I was interested to see it. Um, I don't know what's going on. It reminds me of uh, this, the you know, the PS2 game Okami, but like a dark, twisted version of it, where it's like kind of, it's not all bright and painterly it's like kind of over real realistic and grim but still with like this very like weird artist brush kind of thing going on i don't know what's Mm -hmm. happening but very interesting it's a game pass game it's cool to have like a a big flagship capcom title be released day one on on a game pass um that's the only time I can recall them doing that for like a day one release. Of course, they like you know they do that with like you know Monster Hunter Rise, for instance, but not you know day one. So yeah, cool. So I fell asleep a little bit, and for the, like the the next several uh, next handful of announcements, I do not care about Forza Motorsports as much as I care about. Gran Turismo, which is not my thing. It looks beautiful, but no, sim racing is not for me. Yeah. They're the best in the game, though. They are. They are, but, you know. Could be the best banana. I still wouldn't eat it. <laughs> that was a bad, that was a bad, you know. <laughs> um, ESO. Uh, just new expansion. This game keeps getting bigger and bigger. Elder Scrolls Online. Um, yeah, it's always frustrating for me because I'm like, I just it's not my version of Elder Scrolls. So not my Elder Scrolls. Yeah. No. Um, Overwatch Two. I you know, again, like I don't, I don't got much to say about this. Yeah. Sawi. <clears throat> uh, Jusant. Um. Yeah, it looks like a climby indie adventure game. Looks pretty cool. Uh, still wakes the deep. Hanging out in an oil rig. Scary times. Looks pretty good. I didn't get to see that one. Yeah, it looks, looks alright, you know. I, I don't know. Dungeons of Hinterburg. Um, that one's, yeah, like a slash em up action game. Looks pretty good. Um, Cyberpunk Phantom uh, 2077 Phantom Liberty they showed a lot of that off were you able to check that out oh yeah can't wait yeah it looks good Cyberpunk's amazing if you're not playing it you should be um, go buy it right now we get to see more of Keanu Reeves yeah it's yeah it looks thing. like it he's doing a lot of interviews he's doing a lot of uh, on screen uh, hype for this game so he's uh, he's doing his thing the game's so good. I'm so glad to see such a big expansion. Um, I do think I'll be getting this because I really enjoyed my time with Cyberpunk. What was the release date on this? It was relatively hmm. soon, right? Let me go to the end. September 26th. Wow. September. 
it's quite September. Yeah. Remember, remember the games of September. If you can. The lies of P, the phantom of the liberty in the field of stars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a a whole heck of a lot. Uh, City Skylines 2, you know, not my thing, you know. I might I might enjoy playing this. I did I thought it was it was pretty cool that stuff like this is going into Game Pass mm-hmm. and uh I could see this being a game that I might not pay for, but I do enjoy simulators. Um you know, sim builders, I guess would be the way to put it. But yeah, it seems like the cities seems to have taken the place of Sim City where right. Sim City used to. So I don't know. I could see this being a little change of pace to Stop shooting things for a while and <laughs> do something a little more. Will you create? Kind of like Will you do is into, destroy. You create. <laughs> I jumped into that survival game a while back that that uh, I told you about. I did yeah. some of that farming simulator for a while. I w- I jumped into mechanic simulator mechanic for a little while. Mechanic simulator. So you like work on cars, fix cars. Yeah. So, kind of fun. Right, yeah, it could be like a relaxing time sitting back and marvel at your work. What do you know about metaphor, refantasio? All I know is I want to play it because I think it looks pretty cool. Um, it's uh, from uh, you know, pers- same team brings us Persona. It looks like a very uh, a more fantasy take on this kind of. Uh, template because you know between persona and uh shin megami tensei there's like a lot of similarities it looks like this is no different where there's a lot of similar monsters similar mechanics set in just a different environment i think what makes persona persona is the high school um kind of like mix of life sim and in a dungeon crawler and with uh with this it looks like we're going in a more fantasy kind of kind of like high fantasy kind of area and um yeah, I mean, sign me up. It looks cool. Um, I don't know anything about it. This is my, the first time I've seen anything about it, and it looks uh, looks real good. Nice. Um, only a few more things before we move to the big thing. Uh, Towerborn. Um, I forgot what this one was, actually. <laughs> Hold on one second. Um, it's like a bunch of battling going on. Banner Saga. People. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it looks good. Like a hack and slash kind of deal. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, I think this was like the last big one, Clockwork Revolution. Um, what did you think of this, Luke? I need to refresh myself on which one this was. Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, and I hate to say that, but you know how you'd be dumb to be like, no, they didn't take any inspiration from Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Of course they did. But this game looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All that being said, this game looks really cool, and uh, mostly the fact that they're both very steampunk—that's the main thing that steampunk makes them seem so similar. It's like the color palette and like the yeah, it's kind of the this the the, uh, the politics of it, like you know the of that world. I mean, yeah, kind of like this weird oppressive uh, society that's supposed to be utopia, but has a yeah darkness behind it it's one where it's like that has me intrigued but i really want to see gameplay and see what you're actually doing right right i think that's always the big selling point what's the gameplay going to be like 
Because mm-hmm. these these trailers are just like, okay, I'm I'm looking at you, I'm looking but at you. not until you actually show me, you know, <laughs> actual gameplay before I'm really going to be sold on. Okay, I'm I'm very interested now. Right. Um, there was this weird thing. I I got my hopes up really badly. Like before they went to Starfield, uh, um, they spoke about a few things uh, that. They were like, okay, so the we've heard you. There's a few things that you guys have wanted, and we're going to address them. <laughs> oh, man. Your mind I, runs wild my, with what all those things could be. My mind run, run, it went sprinting towards kind of more backwards Xbox compatibility. Series y. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I want more backwards compatibility and more uh, FPS boost. Um, I want them to reopen that project, but no, no. alas, um, I did not expect what they said. It was, they were saying, okay, we're going to make more, um, series X's so you can, there'll be more available and you know, that makes sense. But the other one, I was like, wait, what? And they're like, we've heard you about the storage capacity of the Xbox series S and here's what we have in store. The yeah. release, it's basically just to release a new one with, you know, that's black and with one terabyte of storage. You know? And I kind of wish it had been the same price. I was a little disappointed that it costs more. I was hoping they could have done 300 with the one terabyte. Yeah, because it's like they made it sound like, hey, you have a Series S and you're disappointed <laughs> with the storage. Buy we a have new a solution one for, for more. You. Yeah, spend $350 yeah. for the extra, you know, 600 Gigabytes. And let's be honest, like one terabyte's not enough. It hasn't been enough for a long time. So five twelve was a spit in the face. My Xbox has been eternally full since <laughs> the dawn of time. It so, started full. Unless the announcement is five terabytes, like you don't have my attention. Yeah. Because one terabyte is just crazy. I mean, it's one thing when you have a laptop. Like my laptop's only two fifty six. I don't have anything on it because everything's in the cloud. <laughs> I pay for a million different subscriptions to keep everything in the cloud. <laughs> but my games, like, you have to have the games local so you can play. Obviously, every gamer knows that. Right. So you have to have a lot of storage space. And external hard drives suck. And they're expensive. And, yeah, you just you need internal. Or at least you need the cards like you can do with the Xbox. But... Cards are still expensive, and I, I, I have not brought myself to pay two hundred dollars for a card. For the longest time, it was two fifty. So it's like, okay, so for half the price of the entire console, I can have another t- terabyte. Oh, I'd rather just delete a game. That was always my conclusion. Like, just buy a second console and Daisy chain them worth together. That to me, you know, there's like there's two calculations. There's either you don't have the money to afford something, and so you don't even have to think about it. Or you do have the money, and then it's like, but I'm wasting my money if I buy it. And so, yeah, like, you really got to justify, and it's just still too much. I know it's probably a lot to develop these cards, but, man, in this inflated world where groceries cost me $400, I can't be spending $200 on a memory card. I know, and and like it's it's you know it's not about the you know Series S. That's not a big surprise. They've been doing this sort of thing for generations at this point, yeah. where we just keep releasing. But they didn't change anything. I, I was kind of frustrated about that. They increased the storage, but I was kind of hoping they'd say, okay, you know, we've pushed this new 
carbon black Xbox Series X. You're now going to be able to do 4K. Maybe it won't do all the HDR. You know, maybe it will do 30 frames locked <laughs> at 4K or something. Yeah. They didn't say any of that. They only made it black and added terabyte. I really was hoping they push the envelope a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's nothing so special. A little it, bit more. It, for them to put out an announcement like that, you know, it was kind of weird because, again, back in the one generation and even the 360 generation, they had all these different SKUs for these consoles with all sorts of different colors and all sorts of different storage sizes. It's just nothing new. It's weird to, like, say, like, we heard you and here's what we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, again, my, yeah, my but mind was thinking backwards compatibility, backwards year. compatibility. But no. Alas, I'll still be waiting on that one. <laughs> but uh, all right, so the biggin, um, Starfield. It was weird in the in the presentations. He said, "And here's our one more thing." That's not a one more thing. We knew it was no. coming, and it was. Well, they, they already told us, right? It's like okay. Yeah, it was expected. You can't be like, "And now here's our one more thing." Yeah, it was a far <laughs> cry from. Apple's one more thing two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> no kidding. But either way, the one more thing. Um, yeah, we had a beefy. I, I don't know how long it was. It seemed like it was at least half an hour. Of, it was 45 uh, minutes. 45 minutes. Yeah. That, this video is 45 minutes long. Holy crap. Of, of just Starfield, man. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like interludes where there's like people talking and stuff. So let's but, get yeah, into There's this, a but, lot. There's a lot there. A lot. Let before before we you know go into these details. I do want to get your overall take on on this. Like, what did you think? What? How did this make you feel about the game? I. It's kind of what I expected. I mean, it it very much looks like what you, what you kind of expect the Bethesda project to look like. Um, I think it looks very good visually. I. Uh, I'm interested in the the bugs side of it. Um, they're showing a very polished product right now. Obviously um, they're putting their best foot forward. Um, but you know, we, we expect a certain level of quality from these from Bethesda. Um, but we also accept a certain level of bugs um, in so many other games. I can remember all the way back to oblivion. There being a lot of things that you just in the end kind of had to laugh off, especially back in that day where updates were a lot further between. And then they are today where, there's an update like every 45 minutes. It seems like once yeah. a game is first released, but uh, overall, I think it just looks great. I think it's it's everything you could kind of want from a game like this. Um, it you know obviously it's it, I think it kind of hurt them that No Man's Sky came out you know what three years ago now, four years ago. What I don't know how long that probably like been five years ago time. or something like that. It's been a while. Um, I think it kind of hurt them because it I think. Todd Howard had this idea literally decades ago and has been, you know, working towards this for a long time. And I think in a way start, um, no man's guy kind of beat them to market with it. And I don't think it's really going to ruin it for him or anything. I just, I do think it kind of took some of the mojo. I, I, I think there would be a very different reaction if a game like No Man's Sky didn't exist and a game like Starfield came out and you were seeing this interplanetary movement and you have a thousand planets and it's hard when No Man's Sky, you know, says, you know, 
there's almost an infinite number of planets or whatever they said during that presentation. And so in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about no man's sky the whole time I'm watching this and, and you know, when he's like mining with the laser, I'm like, Oh man, that hurts. It hurts me because I, I really wanted this game to come out before no man's sky. And then I would have liked no man's sky to maybe come out later and say, well, you know, on top of what Starfield done, we're offering this as a new kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. I, maybe it, it only frustrates me and maybe I'm, I'm alone in that, but I want to jump in there actually and kind of speak to that. I I've put, I put 200 hours into no man's sky. You know, I was hyped for no man's sky. I'd be, I played no man's sky day one and, been there through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of patches, and you know, I'm a No Man's Sky player, you know, and so uh, I feel like I have a lot to say when it comes to the, the the comparison, and you know, talking about what that, what how Starfield looks, you know, in a world where No Man's Sky has, has existed for as long as it has. Um, so I mean, yeah, there's certain things where you're where during the presentation, like I was watching with Amber, for instance, and she was like, "Why would I play this when you know I could play?" No-? And I was like, "Amber, just watch, just watch," and like things would happen where you like again the mining laser and should they show the galactic map and certain things that you know we've been doing in No Man's Sky for years being explained um, to us, but as it as it went on though. As it went on, it kind like, cause I, I knew like okay, this is if this is Skyrim in space and it's a little bit of No Man's Sky, then it is a lot different. But like as it went on, I think like Amber's mind started to change to see like what this does different than No Man's Sky. Well, I'll I'll kind of you know I'm not this is none of this is me pooing on No Man's Sky. I I think this might be a situation where people might be saying no man's sky walked so starfield could run i I don't even know i don't know what the development was like i don't know if there's any inspiration from no man's sky i don't know but so from what i have heard that todd howard literally has been talking about this for 20 years so i i really think they're two completely different things but do you think like No Man's Sky came out and he said that's a good good idea of how you could do that? Like for instance, mining and stuff like that. It'd be like that's, that's those are some good ideas. I'm working on this kind of game too. That's a good idea of how you maybe. can do that. I think it's. A I would probably thing. lean towards no, but maybe. But either way, as if you're comparing them, tail of the tape, you know, like as far as what they do, you know. No Man's Sky, they've done a lot in the last few years to make the game a lot more communal, a lot more, you know, here's a bunch of people. But, you know, No Man's Sky is not a game where you roleplay. It is not a story-focused game. Like, the story that's there is ambiguous. It's very, you know... Does it's very cold as far as it doesn't have a personal touch. You know, you're speaking to a lot of people who like these alien creatures who speak in a lot of riddles a lot of the times, and it's supposed to be very cold, very mysterious. That's the kind of sci-fi that it's emulating. Um, a lot of the game, like you know, there isn't like a catered aspect to it. Like, you know, how there's cities in Starfield. There isn't like, this is this city. No, it's 
it's pretty much it all feels procedural in that way to where every place you go is you know a template of sorts but it's not like this kind of like tailor-made experience for you in any way where um at, at from what i understand from the presentation starfield is a mixture of the two where there's a lot of things and a lot of places that are tailor-made and built for the ground up for you, like the cities and a lot of these different environments, and some of them rely on a procedural technology, which is, to, for me, that sounds like the way to go uh, with something like this. I mean, they're not going to freaking handcraft a thousand planets. I'm sorry. <laughs> no one's doing that. <laughs> Whether it's procedural or AI or whatever it is, it, it, it just can't. We're not there to where it, it doesn't use that sort of thing, um, at least some. But as I watch this, man, it, 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 it does so many things that you, like I've wanted to do in No Man's Sky. There's moments where I like gasped watching this, honestly. Okay, uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but for me personally, I, I, I've had like optimistic curiosity towards Starfield. But at this point, I'm hyped. I'm really excited for this game. I was kind of, you know, on my feet watching this. I was very excited. There's a lot of things, like, as someone who's played No Man's Sky, there's a lot of stuff I'd kind of... This is a lot of stuff I want, you know? I want to have, like, an adventure where I have a crew, where I have people who I can have relationships with, where, like... Um, like, I think one of the moments where I was like, oh, my God. God, I like said that a lot where I was like, what? Like when I was watching this, the fact that you, when you are in a dogfight or whatever in space with another ship, not only can you destroy them or whatever, but you can cripple the ship and you can board them. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Like something like that. And other ships can pass by and say, hey, you want to come in, hang out? I was like, what? That's so freaking awesome. And just the combat. This, like the thing is with the combat I'm going to compare it to No Man's Sky again there's only a few things you do combat with every now and then there'll be a mean alien a lot of the times the alien creatures when I say alien I mean like like the 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 creatures not like the intelligent aliens you only every now and then there'll be an aggressive beastie or and then there's the sentinels which are these little robots, and, and the combat's not great. They've done a lot with the combat to try to make it better, but it's very basic, not much going on. Where in this game, it looks like they've taken their whole combat system from Fallout, threw it away, and said, we're going to make this brand new <laughs> combat yep. system, which is slick, fast, and engaging, <laughs> and with a lot of options. I was like, holy crap. Let me just r clarify what I was trying to get at earlier. I think um, my main point was that No Man's Sky exists. And so, therefore, I think the impact that Starfield has will be limited because of it. Yeah. Um, not that Starfield won't be great. And I think it will be. And I think this trailer kind of was trailer. This ridiculously deep dive on everything about this game um, I think has kind of shown that this game will be really good I just think that if this kind of thing had come out without No Man's Sky existing I think it would be huge you know mm -hmm. 
um, in the same way Skyrim would be. And it's the reason that people follow Todd Howard and are so excited when he's, you know, helming a project or working on a new IP. And so I just, I'm just frustrated thinking about what could have been if this was the first time we'd been able to see something like this. And I know, I know I completely agree with what you're saying. Like no man's sky is such a, basically a baby game compared to what Starfield will be because of how many, you know, hand created things are in here and how much Bethesda, you know, has this storied history of creating combat and, and writing interesting stories. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop rehashing it, but I'm just right. like, and there's 26 people only who work at Hello Games for the first time <laughs> <laughs> because it's so cool. I know it's so cool, but I've seen it before. And so it just, it tarnishes it a little bit and unfairly, very unfairly, but it does. Right. It's, 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 it's weird how, like, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of these kind of games moving forward, like in, in the next decade or so, as far as sci-fi games to be defined in, in this way. But it, it is one of those things where it's weird that like GTA was the first one to really do the big open world thing. And they created a template. They really did as far as like that a lot of people would follow. But it just happened to be Rockstar that did that. With No Man's Sky, it was an indie studio. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's kind of like this weird thing how a lot of people yeah there are going to be a lot of people who are like yeah no man's sky you know did this or whatever but a lot of these big giant studios like bethesda who who are able to spend all this time resources and manpower to do what i think is going to be done with sci-fi games moving forward and not you know like I'm not saying like in a few years, I'm saying like after a good long while, especially after this, because I think a lot of people, I think this is going to cast a wider net than No Man's Sky. I think like, uh, especially that negative reception of uh, No Man's Sky initially, uh, there's a lot of people who are like, nope. And, um, and I think, but I think what they're going to do with this game, if it is Skyrim in space and people are having these amazing adventures, which I, you know, I intend to, you know, where I'm just like, oh my God, what storyline am I a part of? Yeah, I mean, think of how much Elder Scrolls and it was a big inspiration for all these fantasy RPGs. It's, it's something we're going to see moving forward. It's exciting. Like, I'm... I don't know. Like, I I get it. You know, like we we the fact that like a lot of this is, is stuff we've seen before. But man, what they're doing it's it's so crazy here. Like when they started talking about the cities, I was like, holy crap! This is like, how mm-hmm. long did they take to do this freaking game? And they're like, here's the main mm-hmm. city. I'm like, wow, that city looks really good. And they're like, now here's this one. And it was like a western rundown. And I was like, and here's neon. And I was like. This is freaking what I want. (laughs) Yeah. This is freaking what I want. Yeah, uh, that's what I was kind of saying. It's like this is, it's kind of showing you, it's like, okay, this is what I thought it would be, and it looks like it's going to be what I thought it would be, and that's awesome. And man, yeah, I'm, yeah, really excited. It's it's one of those things where it, like, went from being something like, yeah, okay, let's see what they do, to be like, yeah, this is 
one of my most anticipated games of the year at this point. And like, it just jumped for me. I really needed this, you know, because from what I saw before, I was like, okay, this could be really good, you know, but I needed to see more. It is one of those things where I think I, there's games, you know, talking about like Final Fantasy VII, where I'm like, I'm already sold. I don't really need to see anything else. But this one, I was like, I, I needed this. I needed this presentation to be like, I'm, I'm freaking super excited about it and i'm already thinking about like some of the things i want to do and like how i want my character to be think them talking about like traits and like uh your backstory or whatever and like i, I love that i love that sort of thing and you could be like you can have like your parents be a big thing for you i, I man <laughs> i think it's cool too how like the classic um Bethesda thing where you can be in first person then third person. It's kind of fun how you can do that in your ship. You can be in the combat, in the cockpit like flying and then zoop, you know, third person behind yeah. it like kind of Star Wars Squadrons kind of version. It's cool to just be able to toggle between and they both look great. It's not a GTA 5 thing right. where it's like the single player is like pigeonholed in there. It's like they're both obviously developed to, to be able to work in, in both ways which Mm -hmm. how they do that it's amazing that you can develop a game and have both things work that must right. make it so much harder because for me with fallout and skyrim th those have were like obviously first person games and the third person like didn't look See, great i've always kind of defaulted to third person so does amber so does amber when she plays skyrim she only plays in third person and i'm just like this feels weird but like this yeah. like it looks like it's meant to be both whereas like for me i've always like playing skyrim and fallout i'm like yeah this is really meant to be first person um but to this looks polished like the animation looks legit and like it looks like it could could have easily been one or the other um which is cool because amber probably wouldn't play a lot of fun first i only. think it's just like it's one of those games that you're kind of frustrated because you could play it forever <laughs> yeah yeah there's just so much to do. <laughs> it's hard to know when to stop. Very true. I mean, it's like it comes down to like what are what are you going to focus on? You know, because it's like how many yeah. people beat beat you know uh, Skyrim? Skyrim. You know, yeah. how many people actually beat it? Like I, they go, I definitely didn't. They go on their storylines and they play for three hundred hours or whatever, and then at some point they come to some stopping point and they're just like, I just okay. get distracted. That's the only reason I stop playing Bethesda games. I get distracted. That's it. Right. Very easily to do. And, you know, I think they, I don't know if they have that in mind and they know that. I don't know. But, like, it was interesting to hear, they, they were going through, like, some of the developers to be like, what's your favorite thing? And one of the person said the ending. You know what I mean? I think, like, that, like, the, th the thought of that kind of, like, perked my interest. Be like, oh, the ending, you know. Oh, yeah. There's an ending to these games? Yeah. <laughs> Go to the center of the universe. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> do it all again. Oh my gosh! But yeah, I mean, uh, can't wait. I, I can't wait. Uh, I'm, it, 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 I'm just kind of shocked when you know, because I was like, you know, all right, Starfield. Let's finally see more of this game. And then like, because I, I was honestly like getting to the point where I was getting tired. It was just it was Sunday afternoon. I was getting sleepy. There was part where I was kind of falling asleep at a certain part. I woke right up, like during that Starfield segment where I just started getting pumped and just excited about it. But. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm a believer. I'm a believer at this point. Can't wait. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean that. I. I 
there, there's not really much else to say. I mean, they, they, there was like the Capcom thing and the Ubisoft thing, but there's n- it's all just, you know, more of what we already knew about, you know. So if you like want to see how much the Avatar game looks like Far Cry and all that stuff, you can watch all those trailers, but there was nothing really there that made me stand to attention or anything. I was just kind of just like, oh, yeah, those. I'm yeah. not interested in Assassin's Creed Mirage like at all unfortunately but I haven't actually seen a lot about it um, I need to watch some more about it but yeah it's a smaller uh, <laughs> it's a smaller one where it's kind of going back to like its roots it does feel very look very similar to Assassin's Creed like one and two uh, but of course you know modernized um, it's like uh, the, the story I for it like it kind of follows a little bit of the story of Valhalla and like one of the characters from it, Vayek or whatever. Um, it, it was an aspect of the story which I really didn't care for, and I thought it was like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those moments where I was like, "Geez, maybe Assassin's Creed isn't for me." You know what I mean? When I saw this part yeah. of the story, and so it, it, I think that in turn has turned me off to this game a little bit. But I don't know. Maybe that's unfair. I could see, I mean, it seems like they've put almost too much into these previous three games. They've been so big. So big. Um, I could see them pulling back and being like, okay, people want to change the pace, so let's put a little bit less into it. Then. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's yeah. Definitely not. It'd be like, here's a city. Do a story mission or whatever. And maybe, you know, it, it costs less, so maybe they can work on multiple projects. Because I think somebody said... Last year, Ubisoft didn't come out with a single thing, and they're like, what, a team of something ridiculous, like 5,000 people, and there's not a single thing that came out? Something like that. It's like, what y'all doing over there? What on earth? Crazy thought. What? (laughs) Yeah, that That, saying it it like that. That's what I thought I heard. Ubisoft, I don't think they released a game last year. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, geez Louise. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's, there's not really much. The only thing that's exciting me is the Star Wars Outlaws. But, uh, yeah, obviously, like, <laughs> they got... Definitely. I'm excited for Avowed. One. Avowed, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready for that when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nintendo um, isn't probably isn't going to do anything, I imagine, at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're so weird. They I did imagine. a lot. Yeah, I guess they're just <laughs> taking their victory lap for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. They're Zelda just, was a lot. They've been high-fiving each other for the past month. so. I mean, they just created probably at least a top ten of all-time game, so they yeah. should be. They can have a rest, I guess. Rest, my Did friend. Well. <laughs> You've done well. I fluff <laughs> Doug Bowser's pillow. I mean, can you imagine rest. how many years they've worked on that, and you got through it in a few weeks, and now you're like, okay, what's next? It was a little depressing. It is a crazy thing to think about with video right. games. Yeah, movies I mean, are one thing, but games take so much longer. So yeah, many people are working on them. There, there's a, a point where certain even games I'm really enjoying. Like I, I have to say, at some point, like because there's people who play like only a few games, and you know, but like there's games I'm really looking forward to, and there's a point where I'm like, I gotta cut it off at some point. I gotta. 
you're cut off. You're amazing, but you're cut off. I cannot play this for 200 <laughs> hours. And that was with Elden Ring. I was like, okay, that's it. I like looked at my watch. And I was like, all right, I'm 90 hours. That's fine. I'm going to beat this game now. <laughs> yeah. And with Elden Ring, I was just like, you're not going to take any more of my time. <laughs> I, I'm so sick of losing to this this guy. I'm done. So I don't like the games where they just it's too punishing. And you know, I, I know ground, it's yeah. it's because I'm not as good at it, but I am who I am. So, you know, yeah, if you make it too it. hard for me, I'm going to move on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what what is the biggest one next for you? Like the big is it is it, is it Starfield? It's only a few months away. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably, um, without looking at a release schedule. <laughs> right. Uh, let me see if I can find one real quick. Um, you know, I I've gotten to a point where like because I have Game Pass, I don't buy a lot of games really. Right. Um, and obviously, Starfield's <laughs> not going to be a change in that. No, that will um, not change that dynamic. I've kind of gotten to a point where. Call of Duty has been about the only thing that I haven't that I've played outside of Game Pass. Um, being that I only own one console, I mean, there's definitely stuff that's well worth purchasing outside of the Xbox. But um, the time I have to play consoles is is full <laughs> with with what I have to play on my Xbox. Um, yeah, there's so many games; it's crazy. Every time I I look at the calendars. It's just nuts. It's insane. There's just so many smaller games that it just fills up. Probably, probably Starfield will be my next big thing. So many of the things, you know, that we talked about are <clears throat> next year, pretty much. They put 2024 label on it, or they didn't even put anything like, like with a uh, uh, Fable. Yeah, Fable didn't have anything, so it, they probably don't know if it's going to be... Tw- I, I'd imagine they're at a point where they don't know if it's going to be 2024 or 2025 at this point. I think they're in that limbo, or else they would have put that 2024 there, which is fine. Don't don't tease me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's better. So Hogwarts Legacy is just now coming out on Switch in July? That's so weird. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't it, on Switch, I guess. It just came out for PS4 and Xbox One um, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks huh. ago or whatever, because it you so know, it was it was only next gen there mm-hmm. for for the yeah, first for like a couple wave. months, yeah. Huh. So it's like a trickle down. It's it's kind of weird. Apparently, the from what I've heard, the uh, PS4 and the Xbox One versions are actually pretty good as far as like you know, solid. As far as solid, yeah, solid. I don't, I can't imagine what a switch part will look like. I just, or how it will run. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine. I love the switch. God bless the switch. It's old, man. It's 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 underpowered, and for for games like that, for games that are coming out on PS Five like that, it it. So I I I can't wait. It's so overdue for them to announce their next console. I really thought they were going to do it, but they still haven't. Um, so, yeah, come I on. think uh, towards the end of the year. Toward, I, that's my. I think towards the end of the year we we'll hear something, and it's going to be released 
first quarter next year. It's got to be because they just didn't want to take sales away from their game. They knew it was going to make them multi-trillionaires, and so they're just like, oh, we could wait on the console. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Phantom Liberty is the other one. You were asking what else is big for me. Phantom Liberty, I, I, I will purchase that. Oh, okay. I, I really like Cyberpunk. Um, yeah, that's right. You'll have more story that. DLC would be great because I thought that that story was excellent, but uh, it kind of left me wanting a little bit more. It definitely leaves you on like this cliffhanger where it's like, oh. is that it? I want more. <laughs> more you have shall you not have. Finished it? No, I haven't finished it yet. Oh my god, Jordan! I'm, I'm midway through. I need to pick There's that no up. Excuses. This podcast is over. Go play it. All right, bye. <laughs> maybe uh, now since I'm in that limb, I have like a week or so. Maybe I'll spend some time. Working on that main story, as I'm it was like midway through, I think, with Cyberpunk, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was liking it. I think just something came out, and I was like, huh, huh, huh. Um, a couple of days we're watching The Flash. Um, yep, gonna be staying up late, boys. Yeah, we're the late boys. That's what we're called. We're going to show up to the theater, and they're going to be like, oh, whoa, whoa, the late boys are here. Oh, it's the late boys. Come on, Carrie. Let's do this. Let's go. We're the late boys. (laughs) So goofy. Yeah. Joke ever. Yeah, but (laughs) um, you're probably going to have to wait on our review on that. Luke thinks he deserves a vacation or something with with his family. Beach boy, you're an island boy, or what? <laughs> Makes you a lot more money being a beach boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, especially if you're beach boys. Jeez. If you're um, part beach boys, yeah. <laughs> if only I was coming. But, anyways, not we'll an be doing that boy, next. No. That doesn't make you much money. No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's a blip on the radar until you're shot off into an obscurity of embarrassing obscurity. Oh. <laughs> this has been a beast episode. I yep. think it's time to end it. Yep. <laughs> let's, let's let's put this put this thing down. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See ya. <laughs>